Hey, I'm Charlene Joint, and you may remember me from season 18 of The Bachelor, and this is my husband, Andy. Hello. Together, we host Dear Shandy, a relationship podcast where we answer all your burning relationship questions and satisfy your guilty pleasure, aka bachelor needs. Not only do we provide the best bachelor recaps in all the land, so we're told, but we even bring on your favorite couples from Bachelor Nation for live double dates. Subscribe to Dear Shandy. We guarantee belly laughs, razor sharp advice, and to never take ourselves too seriously. back with a red hot episode. I trust you have some tasty bites teed up. Yeah, I'm starting us with a really important question. Sometimes you fuck me and you'll be like, Eliza, you say things that are controversial. Are you number one enemy of the state? Did you cause global warming single-handedly? All right. No, this is a critical one. Good day to everyone at AIA. Cleaning lady here. With the amount of toilets I clean, I have encountered several that spit upward when flushed. Since I listened to the episode with Eliza's toilet issue, I've been wondering how it got fixed and what was wrong with it. And I'm not going to go around fixing every client's toilet, but I am genuinely curious and it's a good excuse for a question. What I do is close the seat regardless before I flush. Love you. I'm still hoping to catch your no hard feelings Austin stop. Yeah. Come on down to the best concert hall in Austin for sure. Um. I'm pretty sure we went to the contractor who we love who suggested it and then he tried to fix it and then we called a plumber and the plumber was so nice and he was like, I'll be honest, you just have to, I think it was like flush a certain solution through it. Like, let me text Noah and by the end of the podcast. Actually, I just asked Noah so I had to make a voice note. I think we ended up changing the seal, but we don't know if it's totally fixed. But for now, it's fine. Less gross. Let's do it. Anonymous, 26-year-old female in NC. Hi, AI crew. Long-time listener. I truly couldn't get through the week without y'all. First-time caller, so here's my dilemma. My ex-boyfriend and I were together for two years, lived together for one, and broke up last fall. My decision, as he didn't treat me well, had cheated on me the week after we moved in together, lied to me about graduating college, and played video games for hours on end daily. After we broke Oof. up, <laughs> I know. After we broke Jesus. up, he became really close friends with my best friend's boyfriend. My friend and I have been close since elementary school, and her boyfriend and I have been friends since high school. Now, she is always hanging with my ex, and he gets invited to a ton of our group hangs that I'm not at, even trips across the country with them. This is your best friend? Like, no, she's not. Well, her best friend's boy, but yeah. I've told her that this hurts me because I have a lot of mixed emotions toward him, and seeing him hang out with all of my best friends is really hard on me. Her excuse is always that her boyfriend is the one inviting him, and she can't do anything about it when it's his family's house they're going to, etc., this all came to a head when she invited my ex and his new girlfriend to her no. parents' beach house over the 4th of July, told me the day before oh, they left, shit. and expected me to just be okay with it. I haven't spoken to her since. What do I do? For context, her and her boyfriend live with my other closest friends, so it really puts a strain on things for her and I to not be on speaking terms. All advice is appreciated. XOXO, an emotional 26-year-old just trying to live her life. A little more context. I'm in a new relationship with an amazing guy who treats me like a queen, but this still really upsets me. This is upsetting on so many levels. And the first level is that your ex-boyfriend deliberately became friends with your best friend's boyfriend to be manipulative. Because all of a sudden they got super close. Your best friend has no fucking spine. The boyfriend is a piece of shit who's going to make it like you're being dramatic. And maybe you are. Like, maybe you're not telling us the truth. I feel like sometimes our people write in and they like omit huge things. Like, yeah, I did hit someone with my car, but in general, I'm a pretty good driver. What gives? Your best friend has made her decision and she has shown her true character. And if she can't see after all he put you through 
it'd be one thing if you just had a breakup and it's like, yeah, he's not a bad guy. He's just my ex. And maybe you were being dramatic, but, and these are not like, oh, you'll see him like once a year at a birthday. Like these are major, they're forcing you to spend time with him. And it's not about not being over someone. It's about this person was shitty to me. I broke up with them to get them out of my life. And now you're making me spend quality time with them. This is not your best friend. This is her giving into her shithead boyfriend and him not being your friend either. So either he's got a problem with you, the ex-boyfriend is telling them lies about you, or at 26, you are molting the friends in your life and you're seeing their character. What you need to do is be very black and white and be like, here are the things he did. This person was abusive toward me. This person lied to me. Why would you, if you're my best friend, why would you insist that I hang out with this person? And if she says anything other than I see your point, I'm sorry. This is not your friend. Yeah. There is. That's it. It's her parents' beach house now that he is being invited to. It's creepy. He's being manipulative. He's trying to get under your skin. You don't give him the satisfaction and you don't go and just be the bigger person. You don't need to fucking do this. You have no kids. You are not divorced. You don't share property. There's no reason to have to hang out with him. Make some new friends, spend more time with this new guy and create a new circle. And what will happen is this guy, this this ex-boyfriend of yours will do something fucked up in that group. And eventually your friend's gonna call either when she breaks up with her boyfriend, who's an idiot, or this guy does something weird, like fakes his own death or steals her social security numbers and she'll apologize, but it will be too little too late. So be very clear with her about why this is upsetting and how immature and unhinged all of this behavior is from both of them. And they're gonna go back and tell the ex-boyfriend... Like, you don't want it to get back to him. Like, she was really upset. That's what he wants. So you just got to be prepared to ice it out and just know that friends don't do things like this. Yeah. She did not put your feelings first. Right. Are you also, so they're going to her parents' beach house and it sounds like you're not invited and your ex-boyfriend is. Why is his friendship with this guy more important than your friendship with this girl? Ugh. Hey, guys. I want to ask you about my outside clothes rule. I love having a clean house. I clean it daily, vacuum, clean the counter, store for the floors, put stuff away, etc. My two house rules for my guests are to take their shoes off and to not sit on my couch with their outside clothes. Those two rules are really important to me. I'm not talking about clothes you went to the store in or went to lunch or anything like that. What I mean by outside clothes is if you went to the gym, did any activity that made you sweaty, you went to the beach or were on an airplane, just to name a few examples. Or if you farted really hard and the particles got stuck in your lycra. (laughs) We have guests that fly into town. Once they arrive at my house, I always ask, would you like to settle in and freshen up or take a shower? I mean, that's what I'd like to be offered after I travel. But before I finish the question, I see them sitting on my couch. It drives me crazy. I think airplanes are gross and I don't think everyone has great hygiene. And now my guest brings that into my house to the spot where my friends and family spend a lot of our time. Eliza, as someone who travels a lot, am I unreasonable? Do you think that's a fair request? Do you shower before you lay down on your hotel bed? How do I politely ask my guests to get the F off my couch with their dirty airplane clothes, Morgan? This is the same person that comes every month? It's. I think they're just talking about guests in general. Like when they have guests come to their house on a plane, they want them to change their clothes. But they're not saying that. They're just like, would you like to freshen up? And the person sits down and they're like, no. Well, uh, the truth is you're not explaining what you want. Yeah. And then you're just reacting to them not reading your mind. So this is your house. Just like people say, please take off your shoes. You simply say, and if these people are staying in your house, you're obviously close enough to be like, hey, I have a rule. Just got off a plane. Would you mind changing, settling in? You have to tell them before they sit down. You can't get mad at them. Maybe on the way home, maybe you drive them from the airport. You let them know like, hey, these are the rules. I try to keep the house clean. Uh, if you want to take them to freshen up, but... And just be like, I know it sounds strange, but these are the rules. No one's going to be like, I'm not doing that. Most people would like to get out of their airplane clothes anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't think when I go to someone's house, I, I, here's the thing, the airplane I get, I would need to be told and then I would just do it, sure. But the other stuff, it's like yeah. very nebulous of like, if you've been to the gym, if you sweat, if you've been to the beach, but if you went to lunch, it's okay. What if I was like, what if I had a sweaty yeah. lunch? I come to your house and you're like, how much did you sweat today? That'll decide if you can sit I, on my couch. It's a little tough. You're absolutely right. And it's also like, what are you worried about? Because sweat isn't, it's 
dirty in that you're sticky, but there's no more germs in your sweat than there is in you normally. You may not have swept that much. They could be. What if you were- What if they're fully clean, but they sit down and they start farting up a storm? <laughs> like- Is the, yeah, is the, and then it gets trapped in the cushions. Is the issue that you're getting it on the couch, do you need a couch cover that you can wash later? Ooh. Is it enough for them to just wash their hands? I think you have to like get at what is it that you're trying to prevent? Uh, but there's never a problem with just being like, hey, do you mind changing after the plane? I just, I'm not into germs. You don't have to call yourself a germ. I'm not into germs and maybe get settled in and freshen up and then we can have a seat. Yeah. But these people are close enough with you that they probably know you're like quirky like that. Right. Yeah, I think it's just a conversation. I mean, I have a close friend who is not a fan of cats. And when he came to my house, I was like looking at the couch. I was eyeing up the couch. I was like, God, there's so much cat hair on this couch. It just gets embedded no matter how much I scrape at it. I was like, do you want me to put down? I was like, I have a blanket that the cats have never touched. Do you want me to put that down? He's like, I would actually love that. And I was like, great. And I put down a nice, clean, like big blanket. Where on this, so he didn't have to sit in a bunch of cat hair. You know, it's yeah, like that's, you should have cleaned your couch. That's I clean, awful, but here's the thing: it gets no, embedded. No. You're telling me I don't think you know. You know, I have a leather couch, so it's only embedded in the nooks and crannies, not in the actual <laughs> seats. It's hidden. At least my dog fur is hidden. Um, <laughs> or just spray them down with like a disinfectant, like ET Lysol bath. The second they walk in. Because, yeah, I think it is like you're thinking of the plane as dirtier than lunch. You don't know that. Like it just, there's. You don't know what kind of farty, dirty lunch they had. <laughs> exactly. You're making very arbitrary choices. So you just need to but again, be clear. Comes down to your comfort or theirs. Right. They'll be embarrassed. They'll be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry I sat down. You'll be like, would you mind hosing yourself off? I have an industrial shower <laughs> out back. Right. Well, it's like when I'm asked when I go to someone's house and usually I know to take my shoes off, but sometimes you don't catch that there are shoes off house and they tell you and you're like, oh God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Then you feel like a heathen. Like a piece of shit. You really do, which is on your shoe, which is why you're taking it off. Okay. What do you think of when you think of spring cleaning? Do you think of throwing out a bunch of old stuff? Do you think of putting some sweaters away for next year? Do you think about changing your sheets? Well, you should. Because you don't want to be sleeping in the same heavy sheets you had all winter. You want something soft. You want something breathable. You want and Branch signature sheets because they're the perfect way to upgrade your sleep and they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made with the finest 100% organic cotton and these sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're the perfect thing to get you ready for summer. I got a set of washed linen sheets from and Branch. I also got the washed linen duvet cover and it is so soft. It feels like I've been living in it even though I just pulled it out of the package. Bolin Branch's sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals commonly found in sheets. You don't want to be sleeping on that. They have a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Go to bolinbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first set of sheets, plus free shipping. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye, to put away your chunky jackets, chunky sweaters, and chunky pants, and it's time to update your wardrobe for that long haul, for the long summer ahead of us, without spending a fortune. Fashion is always changing, but one thing you can always rely on are quality garments like premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more, all at Quince. Quince's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because dressing well should not cost a fortune and it shouldn't be expensive to look expensive. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes on the savings to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Oh, it's so elegant. I'm going on vacation this summer and you bet I got a linen dress from Quince. Just something you can throw on when you go to dinner or get out of the pool. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza and friends. I, 27 female, am married to my husband, 27 male. My husband's older sister is expecting her first baby next month, which will also be the first baby in the family. And I need advice for how to be the best aunt I can be given our current situation. Context. 
My sister-in-law, let's call her Zoe, is 30 and expecting her first baby with her husband, call him Josh, male, 30, next month, and they live on the other side of the country. They moved from New Jersey to Los Angeles about five years ago for work that is now remote, but they're very happy there and have no intention to move back to the East Coast, which I totally understand. In those five years, they've never asked us to visit with the exception of their wedding last year and have always been good sports about being the ones traveling home to New Jersey for the holidays. Zoe and I are not particularly close. We've known each other for over a decade, but we're just very different people. We were in each other's weddings, but have next to no relationship outside of the happy birthday text every year. My husband is also not extraordinarily close with his sister. There's no bad vibes. Again, just living different lives. Everyone is very happy to see each other when we do get together for holidays. My question, how do I ensure that our new baby niece and her parents know how much we want to be in her life and want to support her without being able to see her more than once a year? We can't afford to take multiple trips a year to LA, but we don't want to seem like we're not trying or don't want to see her either. I understand it's unreasonable to ask them to travel here with a tiny little baby for us to meet her as well, even though they are the ones who moved away. With me starting grad school- Well, that's ridiculous. They are the ones who moved away. It's just, (laughs) it's not like they like left a tribe. Like people move. You're the ones who stayed and they're the ones that did a normal thing. That's a weird thing to say. Okay. With me starting grad school and us planning for our own future families, just not feasible financially. They're also super germ conscious, which is nurse. As a nurse, I totally respect and appreciate. So we're not able to stay with them if we did visit, which is another added cost. Oh my God. You're so in your head about this. (laughs) To top it all off, my other sister-in-law, my brother Tom's 32 male wife, Katie, 32 female. Everybody has matching ages. Is also expecting a little boy this fall. The first baby on my side of the family. They live 20 minutes away from us. And I know we're going to be a lot more involved in his life based on accessibility. I'd hate for it to seem like we're not as excited about Zoe and Josh's baby or want to be as involved. Am I overthinking things? Is there a way to be involved in both babies' lives? Someone equally outside just sending gifts and FaceTime. Our families are super close. Help. No. First of all, you're, you're putting so much pressure on yourself and... When you have a baby, which maybe you will, maybe you won't, you will realize how little you're thinking about external factors like that. You will do your best. The first thing you do, if you really want to show support, you pick up the phone and you call her. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Just chat with her if you want to. It's, I think it's more that you want to be involved in the baby's life rather than her. Uh, unprompted, send a gift. Unprompted, send a frozen lasagna or something, you know, unprompted. You could send these things and you can also call her and just say, Hey, you don't have to be like, I know we're not that close, but Hey, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to be an aunt. We can't wait. I really want to be involved in the baby's life as much as it is convenient for you. There's not a lot to do at the beginning. You know, you can ask for pictures, stuff like that, but like you're the aunt and you live far away. So you can always invite the kid to come visit. You can always send birthday cards. You can call to check in on them. And you can also say to her, because moms love to take pictures of their kids, be like, please load me up with baby pictures whenever you want to send them. I think you're feeling guilty that you guys live far away and you're like, I don't want you to think. You can spend all the time in the world that you want with the baby that lives nearby and you do what you can for the other one. But I think if you keep an open line of communication, they're never going to like fault you. No. I don't know why you're so in your head about this. Something There's something wrong here. Here's the thing. I have a rude take, which is, they don't care. It's they don't, they care. don't care if you're that involved with their kid. They're not that interested in you specifically no, but being I, involved. No, but there's something with you about like the perception of it and you don't want to come off as like cold and we don't care and this is all because you guys barely see each other. You already said you don't have that much in common. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. They don't care. And I mean, people have called in, they're like, you know, I've got a brother and he never reaches out. You'll do the best that you can. And by the way, you don't really care. So the kid turned two months old, you get a picture. If you want to send a gift, great. But they're just going to get the gift and be like, thank you so much. They're going to be so up to their ears in baby things. They're not going to have time to judge that. Yeah. So you check in, send her a gift if you want. Send a text maybe once every two weeks, just checking in. How are you? Don't answer this if you're overloaded. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you're fine. I think you're more worried about them thinking that you don't care versus you actually caring. Yes. And that preemptive thing of you're going to be so involved with your family's kid, you don't want it to look like you're uh, slacking. And by the way, you are because (laughs) the kid lives closer. Right. There's not a lot to be done. Once the kid is older, 
you can do more things. If you really care, set up a college fund. <laughs> but don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay, we have a very interesting follow-up to a question from November 2021. Red Hot Update. Whoa. And I will refresh wow, you. long enough. <laughs> well, it's, there's been some life changes. Okay, so the question was basically... How do I tell my husband he is a bad dad? We have an energetic four-year-old. My husband loves my son. But when he's asks, when the kid asks why the dad was sarcastic, he like would tell him to grow up when he's having a tantrum at two years old. Like he just was not great with this kid, right? So update. Back in late 2021, I wrote in asking how to tell my husband he was a bad dad. Emily could barely get through what I wrote before Eliza said, my husband and I have a communication problem. I could barely listen to the rest of the advice because your simple explanation was so obvious. And now, a year and a half later, we are separated and getting divorced. We'd become more of roommates than married partners. And when he said he didn't want more kids and didn't want to be a dad, I knew it was time to call it and become a single mom. It's been a rough couple of months, but years of your podcast, stand-up, and books have taught me wow. to have self-respect and do what is best for me and my kids. So thank you for that, Jessica. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sometimes you have to just hear it from someone else. Yeah. You know what, Jessica? I think being a single mom is the hardest, thankless, most thankless job in the world. But good for you for taking that scary step toward what will ultimately be an easier, better future for you. Wow. Yeah. And he was like taking it on the little kid and you saw that. And I clocked it. saw. You I did saw. clock it. Well, I hope, I hope you're happy. And I don't mean that in like the way that it always sounds. Like, I hope you're happy. I hope you are happier now. I hope this, I hope you can breathe a little easier. Right. And I hope it leads to a happier childhood for your son. And that you trusted your gut. You were like, I don't like what's going on here. And I hope that you tell enough of your friends to listen to this podcast. <laughs> Serious. This should be like life-changing advice. You should be telling everyone, <laughs> check out the podcast. I'm not trying to scam you folks. Just trying to give you my hot take. Help you be better. Give you <laughs> advice I wish people had given me. Next question. Okay. So first, we're going to do a little backstory. Uh, hi, Eliza. I'm a 38-year-old female married to a 40-year-old male. I love my husband. He's hilarious. But for the first time in his life, he has a job that he's not only proud of, but genuinely loves his time there and the experience he is getting every day. He has taken on more responsibility, looks forward to future opportunities with the company. I love that he loves his job. The problem lies in the fact that he talks about his job constantly. I don't mind hearing about it, but he does a lot of the same things day in, day out, and therefore is constantly repeating the same stories, or we'll get into technological jargon that I don't understand, in which case... A male porn star. So <laughs> it's not that I'm jealous. It's just a little rough. In which case, I find my mind wandering. So I don't mind hearing about his yeah. job, his accomplishments, or his interactions with his coworkers, but I cannot continue to listen to these in-depth details about every conversation he had, every email he sent. He's very sensitive. I've brought up in the past, he completely shut down and didn't talk to me about it for two weeks, but he has since returned to his out-loud journaling straight into my brain. So, okay, we didn't answer that yet. We have a little bit of an update. I've written in about previously regarding my husband is nonstop talk about his job. This week, my husband had his two-year review at his job that he loves so much. He's been excited for at least six months talking about the possibilities of how much more he will be making, how he's moving up the ladder at this work that he feels truly values him. Cut to his review, and they totally gouged my husband. Not only did oh, he not get no. much of a raise, but they nitpicked about several things, including attendance. We have five kids and split all sick days and appointments, so neither of us are missing excessive amounts of work. He hasn't missed that much, and his previous supervisor always told him not to worry about it and that life happens. So for them to make an issue out of it suddenly when it's review time is sus, to say the least. The wage my husband is now making is not enough to sustain a life with five kids, car payments, mortgage, etc. I handle all finances, and so the stress now falls on me as he says there's nothing he can do to change their minds. I sent him some job postings for better-paying jobs that he was qualified for, and he said he's still in a good place where he is. He's continued updating me on every aspect of his job, and I just want to scream in his face, shut the fuck up about this ridiculous job that doesn't value you. It's the point I'm looking for a second job to make ends meet since he doesn't feel the need to do anything about his current wage and situation. Back to question number one, how do I politely ask him to stop talking so much about his job? And two, is there a way to encourage him to look for another job where he will feel like it's his idea? 
I'm already exhausted. Another job is daunting, but at least I wouldn't have to listen to him talk about his job if I'm never home. It's like your husband is in high school and he's finally in with the cool kids and you're like, but they shit on you all the time. And he's like, no, they're good guys. Even though they call me gay and make fun of me. Put me in a trash and can. toilet paper my house. Yeah, and give me wedgies. It comes down, I think, to self-worth. And that's such a bummer that he loves it and he didn't realize he wasn't doing a great job. But I also wonder if he is doing a good job and they were just being cheap because it's like, how come at review time, it's the only time you gave me that feedback? Mm-hmm especially when I was communicative and you said it was fine. He doesn't seem like he has the spine to talk about that. I think the wake-up call will be you saying in black and white, here are our finances and this is me as your wife and mother of five going to look for a second job because the job that you claim you love so much is not paying you enough. You have to be willing to say really uncomfortable things and you can say it in a nice way, but your livelihood, like your lives are at stake here. The financial solvency of your family is at stake. And I don't know what it is that he loves about this job so much, but you guys got to get to the root of that. Maybe he's never been good at anything before. Maybe it's like a cool guy job. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's inclusion, but you should say to him what I said at the beginning which was that it's bullshit that you only brought this up at the end when I was up for a raise. Or he is not good at his job and he has no idea. I wonder, I was wondering if there's a piece of him that is hardcore talking this job to like psych himself up because it's not Something's going, going that on well. Here. But the fact that he has this job and he could have a better job and you're looking for a second job, something's not right. There's something going on here psychologically. Yeah. That I, I feel like I'm not getting all the pieces of the story because I don't know him and I don't know what he does. But you really, it's real. And he sounds, it's tough when people are really sensitive and not receptive. Like the fact that he shut down and you're like, good. Because <laughs> there's two separate issues here. There's you being like, you should almost say to him, like, when you tell me, like, do you want to hear in-depth information about articles about women getting rid of their cellulite over 40? <laughs> do you want to hear... What I've read about like women's independent finances. Do you want to hear about the perfect summer lip color? Like you are speaking to me about these, about this minutia that, what do you expect me to say? How can I possibly relate to this? And you can say to him, like, you are talking at me, not with me. Right. Right. That's, because- the, that's the first thing. But to make it worse, it's not like he's bringing home enough that it's worth it. And also you have a life and a job. Your husband's head is so far up his ass. I, I Something's just, going on. My first house, like, okay, you make a budget. You show how far in the red you are. But I feel like this is a guy who, looking at numbers written down, it's not going to mean anything to him. Like, he's just like, oh, we'll figure out. Oh, we'll get money. Uh, until something bad happens. And you don't want something bad to happen. It's like, how do you get it through his thick skull that you guys are not you, making enough money? I mean, you could just, I mean, nobody wants to, like, lay down the law, but you can be like, the options are... Either way, you have to stop talking about this job. But to add insult to injury, when it came time to get a raise, you didn't. So you either need to get a different job or you need to talk to your employer. But it's unacceptable that I have to now get a second job because this job that you claim that you love is not giving us enough money. I wonder if there's, if if we ignore the money issue and just go back to the talking, is there a compromise where it's like, okay, please don't tell me about the emails and things that your coworkers said. You can tell me about things you did today. You specifically, not something you heard I'm, from another guy. Okay. I'm interested in you. I want to know things that make you feel good. I want to know things that make you feel bad. I want to know if you have a problem you need to talk about. But short of that, it's just you unwinding after the day and talking at me. And I have nothing to say back. So it makes me feel used. Like I could be anyone. You can say what's awful about this is that not only do I feel that you're speaking at me, so whatever I say doesn't matter, you also are keeping a job that is not helping us financially. So again, what I say doesn't matter. Do I matter to you? 
Or am I just some dumb woman who lives in this house with you that you have to see in between shifts at this job that isn't paying you enough? (laughs) I think that's really good. Yeah. Well, yeah. What else can you do? I'm your partner and you're not listening to me because you're always talking at me. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he really respects you. Mm. Or he's a narcissist. I don't know, but just like, are these guys coming over after work? Are you meeting to not be them? self-aware? No, to not be like self-aware. Like even I know sometimes I'll be halfway through a story and I'll be like, I, I can't even finish it. It's that boring. I'm so sorry. <gasps> or maybe he doesn't feel valued at work. And so he just like hones in on little things because he's bored. I don't know. But either way, you got to get to the bottom of this emotionally. Yeah. It's so rude to just talk at you. Men do that too, where they just talk at you. So many male comics do that. And I'll get stuck in a green room and they're just speaking at me. I'm like, does it matter that I'm here? Mm. Like, you're going to think I'm rude because I'm like looking away, but you're not actually speaking with me. You're speaking at me. Anyway, take it with a grain of salt. I don't know why I said that. To take it straight. No salt. Hey, everyone. Much love. Longtime fan of Eliza. Weekly news days. And I have, <laughs> I've come Whoa. to her for some sage wisdom. I know the people that say Last Comic Standing think they're, they're I was the just thinking cuts. that. The deepest cut would be G4's MySpace Girl of the Week. <laughs> That's the deepest cut. That's where you get all the weirdos. Ooh, someone's like, you were in my top eight. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't even know them. All right. My 27 male. And okay. For those of you dying to know what that noise was, it was Emily's cat jumped on to her desk. Onto the laptop. Which you secretly love. You love it. Not when he's, I'm scared he's going to like exit out of my recording. My 27 male and my partner, 26 female, are going to be moving in together at her place soon. And I'm worried about encroaching too much on her space too soon and that she'll start to feel crowded and regret moving in together. She says she won't and she's excited for us to live together, but she's been alone for years. Am I worrying too much? Yeah. Mm. First of all, I'm sorry, I got confused. I don't get, we don't get a lot of like heterosexual young men writing in, but you are welcome and safe here. Um, I think... Because of things like sex in the city, sorry, and what's it called? And just like that. And poorly written female characters that we're trying to make look strong. There's this misconception that like, because a woman has fed herself and sheltered herself, that she will be weird about sharing a space. She wants to move in with you. And the fact that you're cognizant of it, I think is so much more than most people even have. And so I think it's about a conversation and you will be sharing the space. You will be paying half the rent. That is your place too. It is 50-50. Are you moving in with like a Barca lounger and like your entire Star Wars unbox collectibles? Probably not. You're probably like my husband who had like one shirt that I did get rid of and then like a few pots and pans and like some nice knives. So don't worry about it. And say to her, be like, if you do need time, you know, if you're feeling weird, like I just always want to talk about it, just always keep it open. But yeah. the fact that you're feeling like that, that you're even cognizant of it is wonderful. Right. It's thoughtful. She wants you in her space. And tr- trust her as an adult that you respect to be able to tell you if she doesn't, if she does want you to like back off. And by the way, say that to her. Be like, you are an adult, I respect. And so I'm going to trust that if you're feeling any way, you will tell me. That way, if it hasn't clicked with her, she'll be like, oh, that's right. I am I am an adult. And then do basic things like wash your dishes, clean up after yourself. Like, pretend that you care. Yeah. Sounds fine. Keep it clean. Eliza and Emily, hi. First time question asker here and a huge fan of your stand-up specials. I've read all your books. Okay, well, I listened to them at least and recently gotten hooked on the pod. I have a question about my sister. I am 37 female. She is 41 and we've always been very close. Two years ago, we lost our dad suddenly from cancer. 
This year, around the anniversary of his death, she started lashing out at me, sending pages of text messages, calling me a selfish narcissist and accusing me of prioritizing strangers and friends over her. There were several more similar outbursts over the next two months, along with multiple petty attempts to punish me, like canceling my cell phone that I paid for and messengering all my belongings over to my house like an angry ex. I apologized, but never really got over it. I kept my mouth shut to keep the peace. It was my last semester of grad school, and I was writing my thesis while working full-time and just didn't want to get yelled at again. For two years, she's been talking about flying from Texas to Maryland for for my graduation and making it a family trip with my niece and brother-in-law. After all these blow-ups, she asked me on the phone one day if she would be able to watch my graduation online, which I took as her way of telling me she didn't want to go. At the time, I was really upset, but so tired from all the drama, I let it go. My boyfriend and best friend went with me to my graduation, and I sent her the link for the live stream. Nothing else was said about it. The month leading up to the ceremony, we talked and hung out several times, discussed my plans for my trip to Maryland, and she even helped me pick out a dress to wear and offer to watch my dog while I was away. How did you hang out several times? So it sounds like she, she was going back to Maryland to graduate, but that she still lives where the other person is, or maybe was visiting... Maybe it was a remote thesis, but they're all graduating in person. I don't know. Okay. Now, over a month later, she resumed her attacks and stated she never wants to talk to me again or even let me see her daughter again as I have intentionally alienated her and excluded her from my graduation because I didn't want her there. I got a master's degree with a 3.91 GPA from Johns Hopkins University. I guess it was naive of me not to make it all about her. I'm sure there are things I could have handled better, but it's maddening. If I try to explain things logically to her, I'm gaslighting. If I avoid her because I know she's mad, she accuses me of alienating her and sweeping it all under the rug. Now she's even posting about me on Facebook, knowing I have no social media, as if no one from the suburb who we grew up in will come tell me my sister is trashing me online. Am I crazy? Should I have made a bigger effort to include her in my graduation? Should I reach out to her again and try again to apologize? I really don't know how to proceed. I love my sister, but I'm truly exhausted. Thanks. Please come to San Antonio in 2024. Tamara. You're the one that went to Johns Hopkins. Does your sister have a personality disorder? (laughs) I'm serious. Because it seems (laughs) manic. However, Tamara, if it isn't that, because sometimes people who have that, it just like flares up and they're super loving and sweet and they talk to you and then all of a sudden they're super abusive I'm only diagnosing that because I have a friend who just went through something similar. So it was like on my mind. Um, Did you do something? There is a missing component here, which is... There's something missing. Whatever she first apologized for prior to the graduation, it says when she got all her belongings messengered, and maybe there was nothing to apologize for and she just apologized like, hey, sorry for whatever I did. But uh, this graduation thing... Something's missing. Uh, you said brother-in-law. Is there a way? So that means the sister has a husband. Can and a you child. call yeah. him? Can you call him and be like, I am not trying to pit you against your wife. I love my sister very much. Is there something that you know that I did wrong? Is there something I'm not seeing? There is a version where you did something selfish. Maybe you did leave all of your stuff at her house because you were the one getting a master's degree and she never got one. And so it's all about Tamara and her degree and her plan. She might see it that way. It also might be a little bit of A and B. But the way you're telling it, everything's fine. And then she just loses it again. So either you are doing selfish things and not communicating and that isn't coming through in what you're telling us. Or there's two other things. Or your sister, it's completely unresolved and you've never really gotten to the bottom of it. Even you are like avoiding conflict. You're just like, okay, I'm sorry without getting to the essence of it. Or your sister has an undiagnosed major personality disorder. I think, yeah, if you can ask the husband, I'm worried. Do you think that's, I mean, I don't know, Eliza, do you think that feels like it's shady if you go to the husband like, hey, I'm worried about my sister because you are worried. You're like, no, what don't is say going that. on? No, that's like don't because I'm worried. Thing. It's like, I have that, like, we're worried for you. It's like, no, you're not. Right. You're being shady. Yeah. You say, I feel bad because she'll be mad at me and then she won't be. So from your perspective, like, have I been, am I being rude? Have I done something wrong? I just feel like, it will be random that she's livid at me. Has she said anything? Is there anything I can do? Or is she going through something? I just need to know because I want to make this right. She's my only family. 
Like, I think there's a way to be disarming about it where he won't be, because he might say to you like, yeah, she has been going through it. She's jealous. You got this degree. She feels like you guys were close. Now you're not. You don't know. So try to get that intel. And if he's like, I shouldn't be talking to you about this, you, next time you see her, you have to get uncomfortable. You have to be like, I need to talk to you. You will be angry at me and you'll say that I'm not doing things. So I need to get this all out. Why you're mad at me? Because if I've done something wrong, I, I truly want to apologize versus just saying sorry, because that's not from the heart. And I want to make sure that we can move forward. If she doesn't allow that, then there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And she's, you know, but I think she feels trapped. I think she feels like you think you're better than her. I feel like you're doing more with your life than she's done with hers because that's the kind of person that talks shit on Facebook. (laughs) So those are all of the options. And talk shit in such a way that you're so, that you're like named and other people in the town are like, I know who that is. (laughs) Yeah. And she's lashing out like, you can't see my niece then. Like she's, she feels slighted. She's angry about something. Either you actually did something or there is something wrong here. Right. All right. Those are all my answers. But yeah. uh, get a, maybe you can get a real clinical diagnosis. One of your Johns Hopkins friends. I just my, assume it's a medical thing you went for. Okay. <laughs> my boss is a perpetual bottom of the cob. Please help. Hi, Eliza, <sighs> Emily, Tree Frog, and Tianfu. Save the best for last. I'm going to get right to it because y'all do too. Female, 32, based in rural Canada. The company I work for is a mess and short of leaving my job, I'm actively applying the other places, but the economy is a dumpster fire. I am out of ways to cope with my boss. We already work remote, so thankfully I don't have to see him in the office, but let's just say he, quote, makes up for this online. He is (laughs) all the bad things you could imagine, unaware of his own insane behavior, controlling, manipulative, and of course, is a man of Jesus. He doesn't understand social cues and is very okay with making other people feel uncomfortable for the sake of getting what he wants. I would give examples, but I'm honestly too afraid to. Safe to say, this has already taken up a boatload of my therapy time and he only continues to get worse. My question, how do I continue to keep my mental health in check at this absolute hole of a company until I can find something else? Help. Well, you guys have free healthcare there. Can you just quit? (laughs) And just try not to break anything. <laughs> I don't know because we don't have the details. I mean, I you know what I'm going to say, which is give it no oxygen, mm. which is respond to everything. Yep. Great. Awesome. Sure. Thanks so much. Like just put up that wall. And the good thing is, you know, when he's doing it, so you can choose to not feed into it. And since you want to leave anyway, and since you know, I mean, I'm guessing you're good at it. Maybe he's not going to fire you. If you're not afraid of being fired, you can just start to put up your own boundaries. If he's manipulative, you'd be like, great, I will get to this on Monday. Thanks so much. And like be assertive in your punctuation. Not like, I don't know, maybe I could. You have to just start setting up your own boundaries. And just every attempt he makes to try to manipulate you, you just put up a wall. Thanks so much. Great. Have a great weekend. On it. Thank you so much. Uh, I do that with people that I find insufferable. I'm just like, awesome. Can't. Thanks so much anyway. Right. If you're not worried, depending on if like if you get fired in Canada, I don't know if you get unemployment or stuff or whatever, but if you're not worried about that, just dish it back to him as much as you can. I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but it's like if he doesn't care if he makes you uncomfortable, don't you worry about how you're making him feel. Just do whatever you got to do to get through. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you'd be surprised when you do push back, like how people get deflated. Yeah. Because he's throwing his weight around because he knows no one's going to challenge him. You don't have to challenge him, but you can just be like, I'm not doing that. It's after five on Friday. I will get to it on Monday. Great. Like my assistant, I don't, um, I'm not a maniac boss and anything that I need after hours, I'll email her because it's a, it's her assistant email account. It's not mm-hmm. a personal email. So I don't expect her to be checking it. But I sent her like a, a, a text tonight, Sunday night. And I wrote to her, I was like, hey, I'm putting this in a text because I don't want to keep sending emails. It was about like a shopping list that I needed before I went out of town. Mm-hmm. And she wrote back, she was like, great, I'll get to this first thing tomorrow. And I was like, total, like that yeah. was her way of saying like, I'm partying. And I was like, no, no, I know. I just, <laughs> I, I didn't want to give you too many emails. You missed one. So sorry, thank you. But, and she's not like, she's a very sweet girl. But the fact that even she was like, I will do this tomorrow. And I was like, well, that is exactly how to respond. And she's, she's right. acknowledging it. Yeah, she's like, I got yeah. it on it. 
which is all you have to give tomorrow your boss. when you pay me. Right. right. <laughs> and I was like, for sure. Don't even look at this text. <laughs> I keep wanting to say bacon, egg, and cheese. Don't hey, even look at this text. Bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> hey, Eliza, Emily, and crew. I am Tim. 32 male who has been a fan of Eliza's work since I was a 17 year old watching last comic standing being like, I want the hot blonde to win. Since then, my brain has evolved to truly appreciate Eliza's brilliance as a comedian and her growth with every special she's released. What? It wasn't my doggy style joke I did on national television (laughs) that made you appreciate my brain. Go on. Uh, I've been listening to the pod nonstop and just finished the audiobook for all things aside. Love all your work and insights you provide. A sensitive man. Now to my situation. I got married about eight months ago and invited one of my close friends to the wedding. Just missed the groomsman cut type of guy. Leading up to the wedding, I also invited him to the bachelor party at my family's cabin and he was wishy-washy before sending a day of message that he couldn't make it. As we got closer to the wedding, I reached out to him several times asking for an RSVP. He never responded to my handful of messages and phone calls, so I chalked (gasps) him up as a no and moved on. I even told him I was fine if he couldn't make it and just needed an answer. He has three young kids and went through some hardships in early 2022. No, you can, you know, <laughs> you know. So I completely understood not attending since the wedding was a long drive from where he lives. What I can't understand is the inability to respond and say he can't make it. He's very non-confrontational, but this was just ridiculous. Fast forward yeah. to my wedding night and he sends me a text saying a slightly longer version of, wish I could be there, congrats to you and your wife. I never responded. He's still close friends with some of my groomsmen and they've seen him since, but he never brought up feeling bad about not attending and not RSVPing or even really asked how I was doing. He also hasn't reached out again since that text. I'm fine if the friendship is over, but still confused of his behavior. Taking a hard stance that I won't be the first to reach out because I am too old for this shit. As someone whose advice I usually align with, curious if you'd handle things differently, Eliza. P.S. My motto has been, perspective is everything since I was in college. So I audibly cheered at the end of all things aside when you close with a very similar sentiment. Thank you for being a voice who sees the world through a rational, compassionate lens. Signed, the fan who was drawn in by your looks but stayed for your intellect, Tim. Really hammering that home, Tim. You are married. And well, I'll tell a- you what. <laughs> well, he's allowed to think another woman was attractive. Uh, when we did the cover of War Paint, I like made that choice as a lot of young women do. I was like, I'm going to do this topless Mm -hmm. because you will click on this small JPEG of a naked woman to see what's going on and then you'll stay for the actual joke. So do what you got to do. I think he's butthurt that he wasn't asked to be a groomsman. Oh, I don't know how close you were before, but that's how that reads to me. And if this were uh, a bride asking this, that would be my go-to. Yeah. So I think he felt slighted by that. Um, and I understand that sometimes people, particularly men, have trouble expressing their opinions. I think he maybe felt hurt by that. He'll never admit to that. No. Because you're probably never going to have the conversation. But if he's the kind of person, he's proving why he wasn't asked to be a groomsman. Because he's a piece of shit. Like, right. your behavior right there is why we are not that close. And it is completely inexcusable. Um and especially when it comes to RCPing, some people are so tacky. I always say weddings bring out the worst in people. But like, even for my birthday, I have someone that I'm pretty close with who I asked them to RSVP several times. And every time they were like, yeah, I'm on it. I'm totally going to do it. And they never did. And they said they were coming, never RSVP'd, never showed up. And I was like, note to self, do not take this person seriously. You're not actually close. It's a shame that you've been friends for that long. I know that you're okay with the friendship going away and I, I, I can understand why you're like, I'm not going to be the first one. If it really bothers you, you could always reach out. But I think it's just going to be uncomfortable and I don't think this is someone that you need as a friend because God forbid he actually is like, yeah, it hurt my feelings. And you're like, sorry, bro. Like now you're just going to be waiting for this guy to let you down again. I don't I, care if you have three kids. You know that you can make a wedding or can't. And day right. of is so passive-aggressive, deliberate. He knew he wasn't going. A dead and he day did before he you. knew. Yeah. And to write congrats, like, what is that bitch behavior? This guy has gross beta energy. Puke. I will say this. Tim sounds like a good friend. He sounds like a good guy. Like, he, I love that he was the one reaching out to this guy, like, not making his wife handle this guest list. Like, it just, he tried to follow up. He tried to get the intel. He was he giving this guy a pass. Like, you sound like a good friend. You have other groomsmen who are closer to you. You don't need this guy. 
you don't need the headache. And honestly, if this guy calls you one day and he's like, hey man, I just, I missed you. I want to talk to you. Great. You'll be there. But yeah, you have a new life with your new wife and I have a lot of stuff to do in that life. You don't need this. It's so immature. I wonder Gross. if he sent a gift. I'm guessing not. Oh God, there's no way he even knew there's to no do way. that. Yeah. The fact that he wrote the text day of is so trashy and unforgivable. Right. Like he's like, oh, I he, hope you open this and read it at your wedding. Exactly. And you feel bad. This fucking turd showed you who he was. So yeah. enjoy. That's your wedding gift as he showed you who he was. He's going to let you down anyway. Yeah. You don't need it. All right. This email subject line, work colleague is an egotistical prick. Hi, Eliza, Emily, and everyone else you? on the pod squad. About me? <laughs> No, but it is in all caps. I am a 20-year-old female who studies sports coaching at Sheffield Hollam University. I know, not a nurse or anything smart like that. I don't know. It sounds smart. I have. I didn't a know that was a thing. It sounds British, though. It does. Sports, sports coaching. coaching. No, I meant the college, but oh. all of it. Sports. <laughs> for context, in the summers and half terms, I work as a sports coach running summer clubs and activities for kids age 5 to 12 years of age. I love my so job British. and work. <laughs> yeah. And working with these little gremlins and there are two lead coaches and we do not get a say in who we work with or when. There is this guy who is 19, male, and he is a complete jerk, dickhead, see you next Tuesday type of guy. And then in parentheses, cunt. Like, why say see you next Tuesday? (laughs) We both both have the same job role. However, he is full-time and I am not due to university. He constantly tries to outdo me and go above me and thinks he is the boss of the place and always makes comments about me being a female coach. I'm the only female lead coach out of all the coaches in the company. He's always so rude and disrespectful and always tries to turn the kids on me and tells me what to do. For example, I was leading a session, which was dodgeball, and he comes in and changes the whole session into football when I was midway talking through the rules. I've tried to complain to the bosses, however, no luck in him changing or leaving his job. He is very egotistical and is not a nice person. So my question is, what should I do? I've tried to stand up for myself and ignore or talk to him, but he just never listens. I really need some help. I love the pod and everything you do. You make my assignment writings go so much easier. I hope to see one of your shows one day. Too broke to go all the way to London. Anonymous. So you got to go to Sheffield, Rellum, Wiggum. I just keep thinking of Nanny Fine, like Mr. Sheffield Academy. (laughs) Uh, And Dresser, our fearless leader here at SAG. Again, I said this a couple weeks ago, like there are the things that I would say and then there are the things that I claim I would say. Mm -hmm. And I see this as like a skit where there are no repercussions. It sucks to be around a guy like this who is threatened by you or doesn't like that you're a woman who coaches. He also might have a crush on you and like doesn't know how to compartmentalize that, but he's bothered by you. In terms of him coming over and talking over you while you're teaching, you very professionally can be like, hey, you know, Coach Steve, this is what we're doing right now. If you want to change it up later, you can come back. Yeah. You always keep it super professional. And you can always turn on him and be like, you seem to be obsessed with me. And I'm just wondering if there's something you want to get off your chest. Be like, you're just obsessed. Like, I I don't know what it is. I don't know why you love talking to me so much, but like, I'm at work. Like, turn it on him. Men don't like being assigned female qualities like obsession, like bitchiness. Yeah. You know, you keep, like, you keep doing these things where you interrupt me. Like, it seems like you kind of always want to be near me or near my stuff. So is it, Is it that you don't want me here? Like, what is it? Like, kind of get him to verbalize it. And be like, I'm never going to slip. I'm never going to be unprofessional in front of these kids. But if you have something you'd like to say to me, we can hash this out right here because I'm not afraid of you. Yeah. Or do it it in front of one of his superiors. It sounds like they don't want to deal with it. For sure. Sometimes taking the higher road isn't enough. But you, you could also try to alpha him right back. He talks over you, you talk right back over him. Or you speak to him like a child. Like, hey, that's not what we're doing right now. If you want to talk about it later, that's great. But right now, my focus is these kids. You guys ready? My focus right now is getting this game going. Like, treat it like he is an intrusive child. Mm. Yeah. And when he says rude things, when he says derogatory, yeah, when he says derogatory things, you can be like, I don't know if you want to like sign up for an open mic. Like, I don't know if you are thinking it's upsetting me. I'm just kind of finding this white noise to be annoying. 
never laugh and just kind of be like, when you're ready to talk, I'm here, but I don't, I don't get what you're doing. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm just, I'm giving you like an arsenal of things to say back. If you start to view him like a petulant child, it will actually become a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. You won't have to deal with him forever. This is a temporary I mean, yeah, thing. Also, he'll probably end up accidentally killing himself. <laughs> in a That's really like a bad dodgeball thing. game. Oh, like a Darwin Something's Award gonna... winner. Yeah. Top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. You're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. Sometimes when I travel a lot, my body, like on a plane, my nose runs a lot. And especially going from somewhere beautiful like Hawaii back to LA, which from an aerial view looks like fucking Baghdad. Like it's just, there's so much smog sometimes. Uh, but mostly the travel, my, I, I won't be able to breathe out of my nose. And I find myself like getting short of breath and I'm like, oh, that's right. Cause you're not breathing through your nose. And so I'm here to say top of the cob or breathe right strips. <laughs> like, yeah, you look like a rugby player, but it is incredible because it's not a sinus issue. It's not like a sickness thing. It is literally opening up your nasal passage and I put them on the plane. There's nothing grosser than falling asleep on a plane with your mouth open. <laughs> like that's a great way to get dengue fever. Um, you're just like an open Petri dish for COVID. And so I've been wearing these Breathe Right strips and I sleep perfectly and they're a real godsend. <laughs> They really just, uh, the, their function is really, it just physically pulls apart the nose. Is it that, physically it pulls physically the pulls skin on open. your nose. Yeah. Yeah. Apart. Well, you could do it with your fingers, but it's hard to hold it. But uh, that's my hack. That's my top of the cob. What's yours? My top of the cob is when you know exactly where something you need is going to be. I still have Ooh. batteries. You very kindly sent me from my housewarming again brilliant housewarming gift to send along Thank a you. ton of stuff that you never think you need. Like, oh, it's it's comes it's come in handy so many times. But I got a little toy for my cats from my parents and I was like, oh, it needs a AAA battery. I know exactly where my AAA batteries are. They're in my little drawer. Here they are. Like just knowing and going there and the thing is there where you want it to be is very yeah. satisfying. Just where I left it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it you're absolutely I literally thought that the other day versus me just out loud being like, why can a water bottle never be where I think I left it? <laughs> exactly. There are Ever. those items, my glasses, my phone, like he's headphones. How much of your life do you spend looking for your headphones, phone, yeah. water bottle? Yeah. Probably not looking for your glasses as well because you can't see, but all right. A okay. fan bottom. A fan top. Fan top. I mean, that hot fan top. Hi, Eliza. My top of the cob is that feeling where you're so proud to be friends with someone because of the cool or inspiring things they're doing in their lives. The only friend oh. I still keep in touch with from high school left her job as a paramedic to go to Ukraine with her boyfriend and some other Americans to teach trauma first aid to the Ukrainian medics. She's been wow. out there for about a month now. She's also part of a program that utilizes VR to help treat PTSD and first responders. Shout out to Emily for being a bad bitch, but also the most generous bitch. I love that. And what I love about it is it isn't this forced fourth wave feminism, like supporting being proud of you for bullshit, like real women getting shit done. It's not about bullshit accolades or affirmations. I will second that with, I'm really proud of my best friend who has like a billion degrees, had a really high up government job. And it was getting to be where there was too much bullshit and like illegal, whatever going on around her. She whistle blew, got out, got a job that pays a fuck ton more in the private sector. I was like, you did your part for your community and society all these years slogging it out under people who should not have been paid to do what they're doing. And you finally made a move that's financially intelligent and you get to work a normal job. Yeah. So I was really proud of her for that. I also get really proud when I see Rebecca Searle's books, even though I had nothing to do with it because <laughs> she's like a New York Times bestselling author. Like it's... Fun to get to support your friends. Jody Miller just shot her first stand-up special. Like, oh, I was so excited a, for that. I loved her. Every one time she posted, I was like, yes. It, it's nice to see your friends win. My friend Jamie just got her her, I guess, certificate. I mean, she has a master's, but so she could become a substitute teacher. And what's <gasps> even cooler is that she did it and didn't tell anyone. And she was like, I have something to tell you. Aww. Like, I love celebrating other people because I'm always being celebrated. So it's nice to hear other people are doing well. It's true. 
And I will say, everybody you just mentioned, lovely, lovely people, like actual, genuine, nice eh. people. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. um, bottom. Do you want to start with the fan bottom? Yeah. Because here's the thing. It takes a turn. I'm going to read this to you and you just wait, okay? okay. Hello, Eliza and Emily and team. I have a top of the cup submission. This just happened today. I finally got around to doing my taxes. I'm self-employed. I have until the end of June to get them done, which is tomorrow, by the way. As I was sorting through my drawer of crumbled receipts from 2022, I came across an uncashed check for just over $300. What a special surprise. It felt like an award for finally doing my taxes. Then the little smiley face with the little blush. And this was sent June 29th. Well, this Uh-oh. recent Friday in July, update. It's now bottom of the cob. Now bottom of the cobbler. It Turns out I had deposited it, but didn't mark it. And so I got charged a fee of $8 trying to oh. deposit it again. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> The first message was so like happy and hopeful, and like yeah. it was that you know that little that little smiley face is just like little <laughs> apple cheeks, little apple cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I was just thinking it's a real bottom of the cup for the person who like thought that three hundred dollars was gone, and then you cash it later, and they're like, <laughs> "Fuck!" Like when Seinfeld cashes all of his Nana's checks at once. <laughs> uh, that's very funny, though. I'm sorry. At least you did your taxes. Good for you. I'd be too afraid right. to do my own taxes. I'd be like, I'll take all the deductions. What? I'm going to jail for fraud. My bottom of the cob. And you know what? I don't know why we're in the future. We're in 2023. Cars are electric. We talk on video phones. Why do we got to have bugs in our houses? They're coming in. They're walking around. Why? Why is that not something we've been able to combat? I don't like I mean, it. Counterpoint, we need bugs. I like them. I like them. I'm not saying they shouldn't it's hot. exist. That's why. Well, it is hot. hot. Get out of my house. Go outside. I live okay. here, not you. I don't like it. I will let a spider live rent free. Oh, this, 100%. The agreement is you can't crawl in my mouth. 100%. Spiders are all good. Although I did, I had one on my head. The, I, I woke up at 2 a.m. to something to, and I jumped and there was a spider and it fell off and it was, you know, so he some, broke the agreement. Some bugs are too creepy crawly. Sometimes too creepy crawly. Sometimes you get like those centipedes. Oh, in your tub, exact- you're like, you got to go. Ugh. I had one of those baby to save roach it. things. Ugh. Try to save it and its leg comes off and then the leg is yes. twitching. And it's like, I'm just trying to save you. I don't think it counts as bad if you try to save it and you end up killing it because you're like, no. I was trying and I'm not a bug expert. I always My think a cup and cup. a piece of paper. Yeah, sometimes you catch their legs though, but I think they regenerate. My <laughs> bottom of the cob is with all the technology out there, I think it's bullshit that you can't edit your Instagram story posts. Like, oh yeah, if I have a typo, <laughs> like I wish, I hate that. I hate that because I like pride myself on not really having typos. And like, I was shitting on the weird coat they put Aiden in, in his big reveal. Oh. And in just like that. And I was like, he looks like an SS guard. And my mom the next day was like, you misspelled guard. And it was enough of a misspell that it's clear that I just swapped the A and the U and that's not a word. But I was like, I'm not taking it down. The joke is still funny. And nobody else DM me, which means no one else could see but I really hate that you can't edit stories. Yeah. It's especially if you have like a whole post with links and then you like, give me that ability to change the past. Yeah. It really comes up a lot. I hate that Instagram and Twitter tell people you've edited something and I'm like, don't say that. I just needed to add a tag. But yes, folks, if you're listening to this, it's the middle of August, which means you have just a few weeks to get your tickets for the continental kickoff of the Hard Feelings Tour, which of course started in Hawaii, fully sold out. Coming to you, Milwaukee. Coming to you, Chicago, Chicago Theater. And Grand Rapids, Michigan. Get your tickets. Don't leave me hanging. See you guys very soon. And remember, a millipede isn't a millipede unless it has one twitching leg. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is it too early to say that 2024 is going by quickly? When life goes so fast, I mean, even faster when you have kids, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. 
I think one of the hardest things to do is to genuinely be proud of what you've done, right? Glass half full kind of stuff, because it's honestly a lot more fun to beat yourself up about why the glass is half empty or totally shattered. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I've started therapy ever since I had my second baby. I started therapy and it's just nice to have someone to talk to. You can't always write in to ask Eliza anything because we won't always see your questions. BetterHelp is entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. No one's going to ask you any questions. Take a moment, visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Eliza. Hey, I'm Charlene Joint, and you may remember me from season 18 of The Bachelor, and this is my husband, Andy. Hello. Together, we host Dear Shandy, a relationship podcast where we answer all your burning relationship questions and satisfy your guilty pleasure, aka bachelor needs. Not only do we provide the best bachelor recaps in all the land. So we're told. But we even bring on your favorite couples from Bachelor Nation for live double dates. Subscribe to Dear Shandy. We guarantee belly laughs, razor sharp advice, and to never take ourselves too seriously. 